On this episode of the Real Life Caddy Podcast, I'm joined by fellow caddies Brandon Balestri and the Caddy Whisperer, otherwise known as Josh Parrish. I've called this episode Open Mic Caddy Style, and this will be the first of many episodes where I invite other caddies to discuss their best stories on a range of random subjects. The following episode does contain some slightly more colourful language, but nothing that hasn't been heard on a golf course before. As always, we start with our caddy and golf stories of the week, and after the main content segment, the boys and I will recap the main talking points from the World Match Play Championship before we give our picks for the upcoming Masters. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for your continued support. There's been a huge uptake recently in listener interaction, and if you have any questions or comments, please contact us on social media or via email, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. As always, I'd like to invite you to rate, review and share the podcast with other golfing friends and family. In the meantime though, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Real Life Carry Podcast, episode number 66, and I've called this Open Mic Caddy Style, and I'm joined by two veteran caddies, Brandon Balestri. Hey guys. And Josh Parrish, otherwise known as the Caddy Whisperer. What's up? So, Brandon, new to the show, how long have you been caddying? Gordon, thanks for having me on, uh, this is great. Um... Uh, well, I've been caddying since I was a kid. It was something that I, uh, I picked up at an early age. Um, I started using my dad's golf clubs when I was, when I was young and, uh, I had the opportunity to start caddying, uh, in Detroit at, uh, age 13. And so that was, I'm um, 35 now. So life the or, math a long time. Your life or, uh, caddy whisperer, what about you? 19 years. I picked it up at around, around 20 years old. I caddied for my friend in some amateur tournaments, and then he turned professional, and I caddied for him another six years, and ended up at Pebble Beach. Okay, so that's a fair amount of time. Now, you boys both listen to the, the podcast, so you know how we start off every episode with caddy or golf stories. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Josh, okay. you want to flip a tee? Yeah, let's go. Flip a tee. Uh, flip okay. a tee. Caddy whisperer, off you go. I just had a special day. Uh, last week, had some guys out celebrating their dad's 10-year memorial, and uh, everybody had a great round. Everybody played good. The putts were dropping, and on 18, they let some of their father's ashes go. And oh, nice. Super special moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it left a whole bunch of um, you know chunks out on, on the green, <laughs> and... Uh, which is all good. It's just, you know, maybe the golfers behind us were probably like, you know, what is this? Wow. And so they're probably using their hand to clean their line and just not having any idea that... Uh, Chunks of bone? Yeah, that there was, you know, wow. they were moving, moving some bones. But uh, <laughs> 18th Green will definitely have a, a special mysticism about it. And I'll always remember... 18 green every time i'm there i'm gonna be telling my players like good things are gonna happen on this <laughs> yeah, for now. sure uh you also told us another thing about your car when you were going for a loop last week you know yeah yeah um <laughs> get done with work and uh 
I'm driving home, and uh, my friend just got done painting a mural at this beautiful Mexican restaurant, and there's a, the hill, there's a little hill behind it where everybody parks, and I was in a rush for no reason, no reason to be in a rush, but I got out, turned the car off, it was still in drive, it was an automatic, um, I went away from the car, I'm ordering my food, and all of a sudden I hear this humongous crash, like crash and it took down a, this vehicle took down like a six foot fence smashed this table where these two people were eating and knocked their drinks on them and and they're like oh my god there's nobody in the car wow and i look around I'm like oh my god that's my car <laughs> <laughs> oh geez yeah so really embarrassing nobody got hurt my car banked off another vehicle where the woman was on her break eating her food and it creamed off her car into this big fence and uh, almost killed two people. <laughs> Thank God they they were all right. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse than it was, but uh, still, still, uh, I still feel terrible about it. Uh, Hashtag Caddy Life. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of a, a car accident with, with nobody driving the car. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bad mistake, admittedly. A bad mistake, but uh, oh, nothing no, insurance can't fix. Nobody got hurt. Uh, little B, because I, I, you're known as Little B, aren't you? Yeah, I got a lot of nicknames around, uh, around the caddy yard. Big G calls me Wee Brandon. Wee Bra <laughs> oh, little Wee Brandon. Wee Brandon. And, uh, you know, I got a... I, 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 I do have longer hair. I have a man bun. He he likes to call me Wee Brandon or Hey Man Bun. Actually, yeah, you you are the original man bun caddy, aren't you? I, like, yeah, I think so. I so, yeah, I really don't think that there was many caddies um in in our yard uh that that had long hair before um you know my ex girlfriend convinced me to grow my hair out. So I'll tell you what, you're probably <laughs> the the only white dude from Detroit with a man bun. Uh, there's a couple of them. There's a lot of there's a lot of hipsters back in the D, and so okay. I think that you know. But I'm the only one on the West Coast representing, so okay. that's all that matters. Uh, tell us any any stories from your life this uh, this past week. Oh man, I I really have a great one. This is a, a you know work's been a little uh, li little sparse uh, you know as of lately, but I really feel lucky to have met uh, this group of uh, eight. Uh, eight guys from uh i think they were from houston mm -hmm. yeah they were from houston one of the guys names was was dallas okay dallas from houston hey i'm dallas from houston <laughs> okay. and i was like oh boy and you know they kind of got that look about them where i'm like this this is gonna be a mess um you know they all just had their little country club hats on and they were all shooting the shit and you know they a couple of them most of them had cocktails already going and stuff and this is day one and and, uh, you know, they just kind of had that energy about the group that I knew that this was going to be a, maybe a handful or more. And so, um, you know, we actually, I, I had a great time on the golf course. We were laughing, we were having a good time, made a couple long putts, and um, it turned out to be a really good day. They, they, they tipped us well, and it was just a lot of fun. And it was a perfect, perfect day for, uh, for weather, too. They, they couldn't have got a better day. And so... That was their first round of golf, and um, you know the round ended, and and that was it. And I went home, and then uh, you know my coworker who had known one of the guys 
um, you know, in the group. So he he had his personal contact, and he's he said he called me up and said, "Hey, hey, Brandon, these guys are they're having dinner uh, at their house that they rented, and uh, you know, they said we're invited. So you you know, you want to come?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I'd love to." I didn't have any plans for dinner. Uh, you know, we start heading out there. They get this beautiful house in the valley, like maybe 2,000 feet in elevation. It was way up on this hill. And these guys had been drinking since the day before yesterday. I mean, besides passing out for a couple hours, uh, fully clothed, you know, and uh, in their golf shoes, uh, you know, they were going at it pretty hard. And, and we get to this house, and and these guys are just everywhere it's a mess i mean it was just wild it was this huge castle and they had a a chef cooking and a waitress and there's just stuff everywhere golf clubs clothes bags you know old cocktail solo cups and fast forward a little a little further we we sit down to this dinner at this big table and 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 we get served a six course meal and uh and then the one guy, I think his name was Ray. Ray says, all right, boys. He says, let's all get outside. It's time for the entertainment. And I'm thinking, entertainment? I'm like, wow, is this about to get, this is about to get weird or, or something? I had no idea what to expect. So we go outside and we all, you know, get some lawn chairs out and stuff by the big old fireplace, by the outdoor pool there. And, and all of a sudden, these three hot chicks come walking out of the house and they look they're dressed like a Vegas like a like an old-timey Vegas show with all the the rhinestones and in the shimmery the pants and the uh shirt and stuff and the you know the breasts all sucked up in the the you know mm-hmm. in the bust we, we get it and, yeah you get it so so it turns out that these chicks are fire dancers and this guy hired these these chicks to come to the house and put on this fire dancing show, and uh, it was it was quite amazing. Uh, it was probably went on for for thirty five forty minutes. You know, Guns and Roses, ACDC. They even got the cops called on them. You know, because the the of course the 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 speaker rock and roll. You know, you could hear a cricket fart from across the range over there. So yeah, I had never seen or been invited to a house like that. And then all of a sudden, fire dancers show up, and these chicks look put on a Vegas style show. So that was pretty interesting. That was the first time that had ever happened. Hashtag Caddy Life. Caddy Life. I heard a couple details from that party, actually. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, I heard they were all on mushrooms. They were. I heard a guy got up and started dancing while the girls were (laughs) juggling their fire things and uh, fell into a bird feeder. He did, you know. I guess I'll just bust out the details. They were eating those uh, funky mushroom chocolates. And, uh, you know, some people just really shouldn't be allowed to have those things. And these were, I mean, you know, do what you want, right? But, man, oh, man, these guys really, really took it deep. The one guy, yeah, tried to, of course, there's the one. Everybody has that one friend who's who's super drunk, super loaded. You can see it in his eyes that he's totally gone. Uh-huh. Guys walking around barefoot, and he tries dancing with the fire dancers, and you know they're like, okay, whatever, you know, like they keep doing their thing. But then his buddy tugs him, tugs his shirt, and he kind of trips up a little bit, 
and he falls right over this bird bath. The thing shatters. He busts a pot. The chicks don't miss a beat. They're still dancing, blowing fire. Seen and, it all before. Uh, Seen it all before. Yeah. It's just... And the guy stepped, the barefooted guy stepped in the blood. Trails he, st- of blood he dropped everywhere. a wine glass. Oh. He stepped in the glass. You know, I was just like, I gotta get the hell out of here. What about the 17th century sword I heard they pulled off the wall, broke, and yeah, threw, threw into yeah, the Yeah, it was a very old, like, probably a 50s-style house. But, you know, just big, big rooms. Not really filled up with a lot of stuff, but, you know, just just really eclectic. And, like, they had, uh, yeah, like, armor. They had armor and swords inside the house and you know the guys arguing at the table shit nobody ate because they were all so high i mean chris and i were the only two that that ate the six courses of this lovely meal that that this chef prepared for us and like brought it all to the table on fine china and these guys are just so beside themselves and drunk that nobody even ate and then the guy takes the 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 sword out and he's swinging it around and he actually (laughs) chopped a head off of this lawn ornament uh this like bust bust lawn ornament like a you know like a greek like a topless greek statue guy just fucking takes this thing and just chops the head right off and i'm like man i mean this is why people put deposits on houses they're not getting their deposit back but you know what (laughs) seems to me like they could afford it so it's no big deal i guess talking to chopping i wouldn't be playing golf for a while because uh, i get these japanese knives uh, I got them about three or four years ago, and for the last two years, they've been the the big ones have been blunt, uh, blunt enough that if I cut an avocado in half, I can scrape it out, and you know what I don't spread and toast, I can put it in my mouth and not worry. I took it up to my father-in-law's, and he sharpened it like proper ninja style, and I I've since cut the inside of my mouth, sliced both hands, and I took the the end of the fourth finger of the left hand off. And proper, as in the not just the skin, actual art, not an artery. Yeah, took a little tissue off the yeah, tip there. Y- yesterday it was bleeding for six hours, so probably not good. So, unfortunately for me, I will not be playing golf for some time. But um, we'll miss we you out there on the links, Big G. You will. Well, I'll be, I'll be back. I'll pad it up, have a couple of tall boys, and I'll be fine. But yeah, uh, okay. we're now going to move on to the main meat and gravy. Now, this is the the first of our open mic. So I'm going to just throw out some some subjects and we're going to give some stories because everyone loves a caddy story. Four! Open mic, caddy style. So brought you boys in just to tell some caddy stories, really. There's no set script. I do have a couple of, you know, sort of bullet points. I'm going to start off with the most uncomfortable you've ever been in a golf course caddying. Little B, kick it off. Gosh, that's a good one. There was this one time... Um... I'll just start from the beginning. It's kind of coming to me That's here. usually the best way to start stories. Yeah, so I'll start right, take it from the top. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was on the bench waiting for a loop. My buddy Chris passes it. He's a lazy caddy anyways. He didn't want to take the job. But I'm, he, I'm he saw it was it. I'm surprised he turned up to yeah. passing the job. He said, uh, he's like, ah, I don't want to do the job. I was like, are you sure? He says, yeah. Yep. It's actually a chick. She's actually pretty hot. Oh, nice. And I said, oh, I said, uh, wow, that's awesome. So I was like, shit, great deal, man. I'm, I'm working today, you know? And so I go up to the, to the podium and, uh, I look over at the putting green and I see 
I see this chick, the only chick on the putting green, and she's wearing a, a wearing a short skirt. I think she had kind of like a a UCLA thing going. She had the 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 blue and the yellow and the white, and um, and she had a little skirt on, and and uh, I was like, okay, well, this is great. And then then she starts walking towards me, and I kind of getting a little better look at her, and and I, you know, she gets a little closer, and I'm thinking. Okay, maybe this chick isn't as hot as I thought she was. You know, she looks a little little haggard, a little rough around the edges, but she's still cute, but not nearly as cute as I thought she was. And so, but I'm still stoked nonetheless. And uh I introduced myself and I'm like, "All right, well, let's get going." And and we were paired up with this other couple, you know, we get going and I'm carrying her bag and we get teed off and you know, she seems to be a pretty good player and, you know, is able to get the ball around and it was great, but, you know, it was just very kind of sexual, I guess you could say, <laughs> off off the bat. She was doing a lot of bending over, and, like, she's asking, she, she was on the second hole, and we're on the green, and she's asking me about a putt, and, you know, her G-strings sticking out, and she's kind of, like, you know, le- le- looking back at me, like, well, you know, what's what's the read? And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, the, you know, she was lining up her ball. I was like, yeah, it's it's right right there. That's that looks like the perfect line, just a little outside right. You know, she wound up making the putt, and we moved on. And we get to the fifth hole, and and mind you that you know the whole conversation is just a little strange between the two of us. You yeah. know, she seems a little bit uncomfortable, but uh, you know, maybe she had a cocktail or two before the round or something. So I just was like, whatever. I'm shooting the breeze, having fun with this chick, and. We uh, we get to the fifth hole, and uh, at our course, there's a there's a restroom there, and uh, you know she she jumps in the restroom. She says, oh, "I'll I'll just be a minute." And I said, oh, "Okay, no problem. I'm gonna meet you up on the green." You know, we had already hit the tee shot, and 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 I get up on the green, and I'm just kind of waiting for her. You know, I I helped out the other couple with their putts, and they're just kind of finishing up, and you know, she's here. She comes walking up the the little little uh little gravel path there and she she gets up to the green and she's got a nosebleed and oh. uh oh and i'm like oh god here we go i said and and she kind of you know you know the first hole second hole third hole fourth hole i'm just kind of thinking this chick's a little she's a little off you know mm. and uh it was just me and her you know and so it was just i, I was the only one for her to to talk to and look at you know so and so i'm like okay and I said, you know, you, I hate to tell you this, but you, you got a nosebleed, you know? She's like, oh my God, what? I was like, yeah, your nose is bleeding pretty good. So, you know, she was in the bathroom kind of, you know, whatever she was doing, crunching up pills or maybe she got some, <laughs> maybe she got some, some cocaine or something. I don't know, but she put something up there and it, it didn't really agree with her, her sinus. And so she used my nice little white caddy towel because uh-huh. a good caddy always brings a fresh white towel to each yeah. round, doesn't he, right? So she uses that towel, and she cleans up her nose, and we played another hole and a half, and she just was wigging out. And uh, I called the pro shop, and, and, and you know, I said, hey, could you send so-and-so out to come get us? We're, we're kind of done here. And so, you know, I felt kind of bad for her. I mean, I, it, was, it was a little uncomfortable for me, and probably a lot more uncomfortable for her. Um, and we get back to the thing. We we get dropped off by the clubhouse, and and uh, I took her bag to her car, and 
She opens up the trunk and it's just, there's just shit everywhere. Pills, golf balls, pink ones, yellow ones, green ones. There's all sorts of shit all over her trunk. And then, you know, she gives me a, she gives me a hundred dollar tip. And I was very, very grateful for that. And I just said, oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you very much. And, and she said, well, you know, I'm staying at the, the, the so-and-so inn, you know, over there down the street. You know, if, if you want to come join me, you know, here's my number. And I'm thinking, my God, not only did I come into work not thinking that I was going to work today, but lazy Chris passes passes up the job. And then I'm thinking, oh, I'm stoked. I get to go caddy for this hot chick. And she's rode hard and put away wet. And, <laughs> you know, it only takes me a couple seconds to realize that this chick ain't right. Yeah, yeah and you struck gold, didn't you? <laughs> I struck gold. No, I didn't take her up on it. but. Yeah. I certainly thought about it, and but then we, I was like, "Nah, that's not a good idea." We, we call someone like that a lob wedge. Looks good, you know, good from sixty yards. It looks good from sixty <laughs> yeah. yards. Uh, Joshy, uncomfortable yeah. situation in a golf course as a caddy. Ah, uh, pretty basic. I mean, as far as just pure uncomfortability. Number sixteen. There's a house, probably twenty-five yards left of the out of bounds marker. That's another twenty yards left of the green, and this high-ranking executive for a top 500 company pull hooks like a hybrid like probably his hardest hit shot the whole day and it like takes out this window at this like chateau and this guy comes out humongous like i'm talking six foot six ripped definitely pro football player material bald head beard and he's like, who hit that shot? And this executive goes silent. And me and the other caddy are just thinking, what? This guy's really not going to, I mean, there is nobody inside. It's us. This ball just went flying through this window of this massive house. And this executive just pretends like nothing happened. And this guy goes, are you really not going to say sorry? And this executive stays. Just crumbles. Just crumbles. Pretends like nothing even happened. And I'm like, this is just shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm quiet. I don't know what to say. I mean. It's not your you know, problem. Caddies aren't known to, you know, be rats. You know, we're kind of like the <laughs> the keepers of dark, uh, yeah. dark secrets. That's for sure. You know. Brandon. For, yeah. Yep. I mean, I got a lot of dirt, a <laughs> lot of dirt out there, especially after the round ends. Yeah. But well, that's not appropriate for this podcast. Yeah. I, I, when I think about uncomfortable situations, I've had so many in the, the 25 plus years I've been caddying, but uh, I was talking to a mate of mine this week and I carry for his mate, so a friend of a friend, about three years ago, and Irish lad, American Irish, but still the same tendencies, 8 o'clock in the morning, still drunk from the night before, and we're going down the second hole, and you can see the third tee, and the girls, there's some girls teeing off in the, in the group in front, a couple of hotties, and he's looking across at the third tee, this lad called Kevin, he's looking across, and he goes, and I says, oh, I tell you what, she can't swing worth uh, you know anything, but you know, she's no badder type thing. Yeah. It, you know, I'm sure it was a bit more kind of vulgar than that. Sure. Uh, and he and he looks at me as if he wanted to kill me. He says, that's my wife. 
and I, I couldn't even oh, laugh off. Oh, it's shocking! Shit. Absolutely shocking. Uh, luckily, I think he was he was still so hammered. But three four holes later, he forgot. So um, he should be flattered. Somebody else is hot about his wife. Well, I think exactly, absolutely. Uh, another one that happened two years ago. Uh, high, you're talking about high, you know, running executive of companies. This guy actually, he must have had a prostate problem because he pissed himself in the course. Like really, I bet he was sober. You know, he. he but yeah, to the, to the I've point, seen that happen a couple of times. I had to tell a guy one time. Well, this everyone in the group knew. Yeah, he, he was. Comp- it started in the forty behind the fourteenth green, and us, myself, and the other caddy could see that. Oh, maybe he just didn't. You know, you know, put it away a little early. <laughs> you know, he put, put the car back in the garage a little too early. Uh, okay, it happens to everyone. You know what I mean? And by the fifteenth tee, he's teeing off, and you can start seeing down the leg, down the fairway. Now the whole leg on the green just splash. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know what I mean. It's like splash. It's everywhere, and everyone knows. Everyone can see it, and we're thinking, "Well, this is the prime opportunity for him to go, guys. I'm going to head to the room. I'll maybe catch you in 18." Yeah. No. So he's jumping in carts now. He's complete splash. I'm talking like Tom Hanks, the oh, full shebang. So embarrassing. And he's jumping in carts and driving them. So we're now having to like try and like drive a he's cart. He's tracking the piss. Yeah, into the cars everywhere, <laughs> and everyone knows it was. I was the most uncomfortable I've been in years because we're now trying to drive carts with the wee green towels and dry it off, but drive a cart with your back against the seat, you know. So you, so yeah. the the undercarriage isn't actually touching. It was mm-hmm. it was really poor. And you know what? From from his, I spoke to another guy that was in the group, um, who was playing that day. He knew all about it, and he said shocking as well. So, um. Any other sort of bits and pieces of embarrassing situations, boys, or do we move on to? Uh... I got, I got a quick one. Um, when you're talking about wives and stuff, it made me think about these these ladies that we caddied for one day. It was these four ladies, and we were carrying bags, and it was uh, Justin and I. I think it was maybe a request or something, and we were. I, I guess I just kind of had the hots for this lady. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a sucker for a. Just a cute, female. cute oh, for any female, really. <laughs> no, just a cuter older lady, you know. She's probably, you know, whatever. Just a housewife 55. who plays golf. Yeah, she was probably closer to 55, <laughs> at least. But anyway, she was cute. And uh, it's so funny. We were on the 10th hole, I remember. Just just made the turn. And and I said uh, I said to the lady, and we're, there's the four chicks. And then Justin and I are right there. And uh, carrying two bags, and I said, you know, I said, I said, you know, you smell really nice. I said, what are you, what are you wearing? And she goes, Ben Gay. <laughs> she says Ben Gay, and Justin looks at me like, I can't believe you just said that you like the way she smells. And then she replies, you know, she's she's wearing Asper cream or something that's got that mentholated thing. And I was like, no, you, you're wearing something different than that. She's like, no, it's just Ben Gay. I was just like, oh. It's for thrush. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I still think you're hot anyways. True, true. I was a little uncomfortable. Have you boys experienced much drug taking of players in your caddy careers? I know, Brandon. 100%. Yeah, lots totally. of it. It's incredible, huh? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cocaine in the bathrooms is... 
cocaine, probably, cocaine I mean, off the driver head. Definitely <laughs> double digits with that. That's insane, uh, isn't it? Like the uh, guys yeah. are playing golf and that. It's it's mad. Yeah, yeah. So some people some people have problems, and the golf course is only going to amplify those problems. Uh-huh. Um, you know, says, uh, he says that with a smile on his face. Yeah, you know, right. Like enjoying Jeez, himself. Pete, I mean, is there any better place to to let go loose. to let loose than like being out in nature? You know, not at oh, work. Yeah, hitting a ball around. I mean, it. I don't want to say it goes hand in hand, but it kind of. Kinda. Kind I think it's just a good hand. environment to to do kind of whatever you want, but unfortunately for some people, that doesn't make much room for golf. Yeah, I've caddied for a lot of people who didn't do much golfing. Yeah, and yeah. it was a lot of a lot of double cocktails and uh, some pain pills and uh-huh. a lot of uh, babysitting. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. My, my my older brother and myself years ago we caddied for this group from Vegas. They flew in, and one of them they were swallowing ecstasy tablets. Yeah, and one of them was so out of his face. His mate, during the thirteen, he says, "How many you hit?" And he went, oh, "He couldn't. He couldn't add up his score." Oh, the, he was. He hole. was thizzing. He was absolutely his face. And I think for me, coming from Scotland, because and it's maybe because of the weather, right? We go out there first thing in the morning. Three and a half hours is a game of golf, right? There's, there's, sure. There's, there's no time for drinking because, mm-hmm. and plus it's it's cold. So coming to America was you know driving my carts and. You get the cart woman, the cart girl, etc. It's, it's it is a different environment. It's a different type of golf. Yeah, um, I can see that. Vacation. Yeah. Never really, really thought about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, people getting mad for it in the golf course. So on the last episode, you boys both know uh, Zabo and Big Tony. We did part two of what makes a bad caddy. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure you boys have plenty of ca- caddy stories of either bad caddying yourself mm-hmm. or other caddies with you know, some bad, bad caddy experience. Gosh, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of, of bad caddying is just, you know, not knowing when to stop talking. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of caddies, uh, but I've seen a fair amount over the years who just talk and talk and talk and talk. And uh, some people, some people like that. It's kind of, you just play off the player. Um Yes, some caddies don't know when to stop talking. Mm-hmm. Well, there was actually, when we talked last episode, we talked about modifying behavior. One I'd forgotten about that Joshy knows about was I was doing a job not long ago, and it was a group of guys that came in, and I knew that they were in some way religious. So, you know, that let's keep the language clean type thing. Yeah. And I didn't know them, you know, I knew people they knew so but I just didn't know them and the other guy in the group the other caddy in the job first green reads a putt guy holds it who's your effing caddy <laughs> oh boy you know? <laughs> and the other goes, way to get the day started yeah and and, and just dropping <laughs> f-bombs nice and early and then on the second hole it's either hit a seven iron or hit a driver and the guys are asking again and he the, the caddy had an umbrella and the boy said, well, what's, the, what's the bonus of going with the driver? And he starts simulating with the umbrella between his legs, you know, <laughs> dry action. humping, you know, and, he, and, and the guys are just sitting there going, wow. And I could just see it. You know, you're just going, this is a car crash. Mm-hmm. This is an absolute car crash. And, you know, I guess we've, we've seen it all. Uh, Josh, any kind of bad 
caddy experiences you've seen or actually I mean, been part of? I mean, I'm a bit of a perfectionist out there, you know, so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty harsh when it comes to you know, what I might consider bad is maybe not so bad to other caddies, but uh, you know, I really like to to at least walk both sides of the hole before I before I even open my mouth to read a putt. I very firm believer in that and like usually I do it three times for every read. Even if it's a four FC, I'm counting for four people, I will still do circles around zoom, the hole for zoom, zoom. every single putt. I mean we got a five hour <laughs> round. Yeah. And, you know, I am the caddy whisperer. I'm known for, you know, my green reading and my players making putts. But uh, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll see caddies just not not walk both sides of the hole and break the putt down, you know, from like at the cup, at their feet, through the middle of the putt. And I mean Yes, we do get to know the course really well, but you know, I see caddies working off of conventional wisdom, which is like, oh, that goes right to left every time, or this and that. And, yeah, you know, I, I every putt so, has its own unique read. You can't yeah, just get lazy it's different out there day to day. You know, like what was right edge yesterday might be a cup right today. You know, so I guess, you know, I think that's. That's probably what I, I notice is maybe guys not, not going to both sides of the putts, being like maybe a little overly confident in their, their information, which which is fine, you know. They're going to be close to having perfect reads, but I think some guys miss out on some, some perfect reads. Which Sounds are, like he's describing me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I am not describing you. I see, I see you double, doubling on both sides, but you have Bad been there for 20 caddy. years. Yeah. And I see your players making putts. So, so someone uh, now you mentioned Caddy Whisperer. Now this is the um, listeners need to to check Josh out on on Instagram, Caddy underscore Whisperer because uh, Brandon, I'm sure you'll agree with me. You work with Josh. Uh-huh. He is taking Caddy into a different level. Yeah, absolutely. I was super impressed when Josh told me that. He had started uh, Caddy Whisperer, and I thought it was such a great idea. I was like, wow, that was, I can't believe I didn't think of that. But I'm not on social media, so I wasn't in, maybe in tune with, with uh, taking that one, uh, you know, and, and really making it big. And, and Josh is doing a great job with it. And, you know, I, I know some of the, the reads that I made when Josh and I were working got on there. And it's, it's just fun because it, 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 it makes, you know, it, it allows the player, to kind of have a, you know, it extends that excitement beyond the round. Because, man, you know, most of the people, they're so kind of lost in the moment or or maybe they're a little drunk or or whatever it is, you know. Snorting pills. Snorting pills, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) And it's always nice when, you know, you're either laying in bed waiting for, you know, the next day to play golf or, you're on the way to the airport or you're you're just in your in an airplane, you know, flying home or whatever you're doing. And uh somebody, Josh, has got video of you your highlights mm-hmm. um from that from your trip. It's it's mad actually, because I I've been asked a few times, Oh, can you do this? And I'm like, Okay, in par threes, it's exhausting. Like you literally for six years were were Well, kind of fourteen I've been taking pictures and videos the entire time, you know, but I kind of was a little more particular early on because I had to use email and emailing the pics and videos oh. later was really difficult. So I didn't do nearly as much, but yeah, definitely the par, par threes. Well, in particular, seven I've videoed 
almost every shot for 14 years. Um, but uh, it's the most photographed yeah, hole. You know, I think golf. the the videos are just something that they can treasure as a family heirloom. They can show their grandchildren, their great grandchildren. I feel like it's like it's like a piece of art, you know. And artists are the great historians. If you look at you know history through time, we know history through many of the great artists. And so, as a painter, you know, like I'm trying to capture a piece of history and. I'm able to do that on the golf course with my phone. What was cool was we actually did a video. Uh, if you check out the Glorified Donkey YouTube channel, uh, just go to youtube.com and, and, and search Glorified Donkey. Myself and uh, I can't really take too much credit for this, can I, Joshy? Because you, after how many years, I guess 14, but six years yeah. of intensely taking yeah. videos, yeah. you got a hole-in-one on the seventh hole at Pebble Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I got it on, on video. Jackpot. Um I videoed it absolutely perfect, zoomed in on the hole. Spun it back in the hole, absolutely insane. Yeah, it was like the perfect hole-in-one. It was with the, uh, uh, Luke Hudson, former former uh, Kansas City Royals pitcher. He had his father there with him. He had his two brothers, one of his best friends. Then in the group behind us on six green, there was four more of his best friends. And then on eight tee box, nice. he had four more of his best friends. So it was 12 guys that were all super close, actually 13 because his dad was just there to take pictures. And uh, they all came running, running to the tee box and super huge celebration. And, uh, you know, family members reach out to me after the fact and just thank me personally. And uh, is, is that the only hole in one you've ever caught? Y yeah, um, that was the only one I've ever caught. I was on six green when a hole in one happened one time. And about uh, three months before that particular hole-in-one, uh, there was a there was a shotgun tournament in the same kind of scenario. You know, twelve buddies. One guys finished up on hole six green. Guys finished on hole seven, and we were on the tee box on seven. So everybody finished the shotgun at the same exact moment. But the whole group decided, hey, we're gonna hang Just back hang and, and hang back, and all twelve of us will hit off the the seventh tee. And so there was hmm. four four or five caddies. We were all hanging out together right behind the green on six and it was the only time i'd been on the tee box on seven and not filming because i was just you know talking to my buddies the tournament's over and uh the 12th golfer with all his buddies around hit the last shot on seven and it went in and it was full blown wow. full blown eruption just pandemonium i mean i i videoed the celebration but missed, who get, who cares way. about that you know i didn't even post that on Caddy Whisper, I don't think. Um, but uh, at that point, I was like, I will never watch another shot again. I don't know if I'm going to have this opportunity happen to me again. And sure enough, just a few months later, happened. held it down. How, how many hole-in-ones have you seen? Um, I think only, I think three. I saw, yeah, I saw one. Oh, that's right. This one on number five. Oh, this is a great story. At uh, yeah, on the fifth hole, I'm caddying with uh, Jimmy Moore. We Jimmy. We Jimmy. He's gone back to wherever he's Scotland, Scotland. or whatever. He's back to uh, Scotland. Jimmy Moore. <laughs> hey, we Paul. He always say, "Hey, why the long face? Hey, champ, why the long face, champ?" He's always like, you know, got a little cigarette in his lip, kind of flipping around. Hey, champ, why the long face? And I and that was the joke between him and I. That's how we kind of connected. That's like uh, a great joke. Great joke. Yeah, hey, why the <laughs> long face? But the but the why the long face came because Jimmy Moore, which and I were caddying, uh, 
two we were it was two doubles. We were both carrying two bags that day, and we were on the fifth hole. And uh, and I I rarely caddy with Jimmy, and so it was like a treat, you know. And this guy on the fifth hole hits the shittiest shot I ever seen on that hole. There's a lot of shitty shots on the fifth <laughs> hole, and this guy just blade cuts one. And as we know, that hole goes left to right. You hit it up in front, and it's going somewhere on the green. And and I thought, I think I just heard a click or something on the green, and I didn't see it run off the back. And we walk up there, and this guy hit it in the hole. We get up there. Everybody is just jumping. And the and, and why the long face thing? Uh, this guy just had this face. It was extra long. It was an extra long face. It was hard to say. And Jimmy's got his Scottish accent. And he says, hey, champ, why the long face? You know, and so this guy just had a really long face. And it was, you know, it was just one of those things. His face was looked like it was a foot and a half tall. You know, it was like, so we would always joke about that. And that was one of the whole ones that I saw. And then I was also caddying with Casey one time. Uh, at, at the other, uh, the fifth hole at the other course, and uh, this guy, his name was Linus, and uh, he was a big tall Aussie, and oh, he was from just Australia? yeah, he was from down under. He, you know what? He may have been a Kiwi. I'm not really sure, but he was I from see. down in that. You know, oh, I wouldn't say same. I don't know. <laughs> can't say that. There's a lot of Australians <laughs> no, no, no. listening. Actually, so. no. Sorry, we folks. can't say that. They're not the same. And uh, Linus. Uh, yeah, he just he knocked it in the hole on five, and and that's such a rare hole in one uh, on that hole, man. And uh, it was just so funny because he was such an oddball. He was this big, tall dude, looked like he played rugby, and he just had that 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 voice. Hey, my name's Linus, and I'm you know six six foot five, and from you know, Australia, from Australia, and Any he just he knocked it in the hole. What can know, I say? I, I'm trying to think. I I couldn't even tell you how many hole in ones I've now seen. It's probably in the twenties, thirties, somewhere in there. Just never counted them. Two that I remember: Lazy Chris carrying with him. Lazy Chris uh, and his boy hits. Uh, I actually I was carrying for the guy, and I told him it hit a five, and he ended up hitting a four and nutted it. Uh-huh. Two twenty into the wind and twelve. Uh, two bounces in the hole. And the guy's like, oh, great club selects. And I'm thinking, I told you to hit five. <laughs> yeah. Know? I think he thought I'd, I'd given him. The, he was the, he know. was so excited. <laughs> so, he was in a little bit of a stupor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never He wasn't sure what was going on. He was I, like, I just hit it in the hole. I took the credit, uh, as always. And <laughs> Why then not? One in five. Um, and it was actually producer Mike was carrying for the guy. And it was 250 a hole-in-one, 16 guys. So 37.50 for a hole-in-one. And this guy wants to hit a wedge, and the wind's right in her face. And Mike said, "You have to hit an eight iron." Guy, you know, big argument. Oh well, this is your job in the line, Mike. That type of thing. as if we're playing for the U.S. Open, you clown. Anyway, yeah. cl- clown hits an eight iron, goes behind the hole, spins it back in the hole. He goes, jumps for joy. Everyone says, "Well, you know what? Remember what you said? You were threatening to sack Mike. You owe him big money. Pay him an extra fifty bucks." Joshy, how many hole ones you seen? Uh, I've seen about 15, but mm-hmm. not all at Pebble. Okay. Um, I've only seen, had three in my group at Pebble. Not to worry about gratuities or anything, but you would think it would be customary to yeah. to get maybe a bigger Ooh. than average tip. 
Throw well, a little grease. Yeah, one of them was... grease on top, you know, a little you know? something for the caddy, huh? One was a corporate job, so there's like a standard tip in, mm. in there. Um, and uh, Of a sandwich. Yeah, and the caddy received nothing on top. Um, that burns. The other one was, you that know... This guy was working super hard, fantastic caddy. Um, his player, his, uh, it was for a husband and wife. Um, at the end of the day, he got like a below average tip and his wife mm. made a hole-in-one oh. on number 12 at Spyglass. So when he got a below average tip with the hole-in-one, it was kind of a bummer. Was his name Mike Kutcher? No, no. Oh, no, it was it Mrs. Kutcher? Uh, shocking. The, the worst. The worst. Uh, we actually. Ashamed of himself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you a little clip right now because uh, our our uh, good friend Matt De Crystal caddying uh, this past couple of weeks. So Matt was caddying for Jordan Judakin and he made a hole in one at the fifth hole at Spyglass Hill. Myself and Josh were actually a group ahead, and we heard the the shouts. Matt actually got a little thirty second interview with uh, Jordan. I'll play that right now. Okay, I'm here today with a Mr. Jordan Judakin, uh, hailing from Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Jordan's having a pretty good today after acing the fifth hole at Spyglass Hill. You want to tell us a little about it? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm having a good day golf-wise, <laughs> but I got lucky on one hole. And uh, it's my first ace ever. 200-yard shot on the hardest par threes of the day. Threw an absolute laser after his buddy almost aced it, right? He yeah. knocked it in there to two, three his feet. Brother. His brother. Yeah. That's right. And Jordan here threw one up there. Uh, what'd you hit there? Four iron. What'd you want to hit? Five iron. <laughs> <laughs> Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> the, the one rule here is it's always the next club. Okay. Well, congratulations, Jordan. And uh, we'll uh, hope to, this is the last part through the day we're at right now. And we'll see if we can follow it up with one more. Thanks, huh? Maddie. And thanks for the advice. My pleasure. Best in the world. So yeah, fantastic. Well done, Jordan. Congratulations. And congratulations to the, the caddy. Because obviously, uh, Jordan wanted to hit five. We might said hit four. Yeah. Not too bad. Trust your caddy. Trust your caddy. Joshy? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Don't wait so long. Don't wait so long. Yeah. Don't wait so long. Just yeah. start on the first hole. Trust your caddy from the first hole. He's, he's still recovering from crashing his car, which he wasn't driving. Um, yeah. I want, <laughs> I want to, I want to finish this section off, boys, by one of my favorite ones is always like caddy shitting themselves. Do you have any, any good stories about along those lines? Caddies shitting themselves. I mean, do you have one, Josh? Yeah, I I do. Uh, or anything involving that, you know. What I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be actually dribbling down your leg. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> caddies or players, you know. What I mean, there's the yeah, way, yeah. You know, I can type. think Sorry. of one. Josh, do you have one? Yeah, I got I got one. Um, it was actually pretty recently, mm-hmm. in, within the last month. Um, you know, after the round, outside service people will help clean your cleats at the end of the round. Yeah. Well, a little something for the effort. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and clean the clean the clubs, but you know, COVID protocol right now. They're only cleaning the cleats. Um, they're not cleaning the clubs right now. But uh, I look over, the player's got his foot up at the bench, and I mean, I just see this massive, massive shit. It takes up like the whole hill. It's like going over the side of his shoe. I mean, there is just it's a big it's dump, a huge dump. And I mean, it's like not the what, what kind of animal? It was It wasn't a horse. It wasn't a deer. Definitely was not a squirrel. Still shit. Uh, Definitely wasn't a squirrel. You know, if it was human <laughs> you're shit, you're stepping squirrel shit. No, you step in human shit. I mean, that's you're having the worst day ever. Uh, I think. I mean, we know it's we know it's we know it's dog shit. I mean, oh man, it's 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 
it's in there deep. It's it's a massive amount, and I just see, you know, the service person's cleaning it with with paper. He's not even using his towel, you know. Well, he doesn't want to use the blower either, you know. The air. No, they usually use the blower. Your compressor too. always he... use that, but the fact that he wasn't u- using that. <laughs> That tells you right there, you know. It was a- so yeah. He went through a, a lot of paper, and uh, it was. I mean, it was practically. I think it was like still kind of in there when he got done. And then Gordon, you had an interaction with the outside service person afterwards that was really was, funny. Oh, the wee guy comes up to me, and, and I don't know. He looked really worried. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, you're four players, you're four players. And I was like, yeah, what about them? He goes, not one dollar, not one dollar. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I felt responsible. Yeah, like it the was Mike, your fault that they didn't tip him. Yeah, and, he, and he's looking at them and he goes, oh, one, one guy, one guy, oh, you know, he have a dog, a dog sheet. And he goes, I smell it through the mask. I smell it through the mask. And then Joshy tells me that the guys get like $300 shoes on. He's yeah. the best massive dog, dog shit in his shoe. And this guy's picking it out with a tee for five minutes. Five minutes he's picking it out. Couldn't leave him a couple bucks. Never left him a dollar. Shocking. But the karma, the karma's there though. <laughs> yeah. You know, the because he there. did not get. He didn't there. realize it was impossible to get that much yeah. shit out. So I mean, he goes in the higher car and just. So yeah, cleats are definitely going into the car smelling like shit. Oh, that's classic. But he did Gross. do his best. I mean, mm-hmm. that cross tread, like you know. <laughs> You would have need, needed a, something a little stronger than a blower to get that shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was it? A little bit more than Brian Gay? Yeah. Brian Gay? That smell. Oh, Ben Gay. <laughs> ben Gay? <laughs> yeah. And she definitely smelled like Ben Gay, and I just yeah. had the hots for her. So. What, what, what you got in the way of that story? Oh, um, what's his name? Yeah, th- these guys I caddied for from, from Houston, they haven't been out to the course in a long time, many years. The, he always, you know, he was a, he was just a, a funky guy. He always had, you know, he, he, he drank, he chewed tobacco. He always had like a toothbrush in his bag. You know, he was just, it was like golf was just getting in the way of him living his cluttered <laughs> life. He always had, uh, they called them Cottondales. They were from Houston. Uh-huh. Hey, yeah, you know, the Cottonelle, like wet wipes, you know, clean your butt, you know, or whatever, <laughs> little wet wipes. He called them, hey, get, hey, grab me one of them Cottondales. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, I don't know, we had the first tea time at, at the course, and the first tea time was, I don't know, seven or so. And we're on the second hole, and he he had eaten his breakfast burrito, and, uh, you know, it just started running through him, and he just said, I, I got to take a shit. <laughs> and he just, he wasn't but, you know, five yards off the tee box, you know, with his pants at his ankles, and he, like, had leaned up against the, the pine tree, and <laughs> just away he went. I mean, he just left the whole big mound there and <laughs> took one of them Cottondales and cleaned himself up, and <laughs> oh away we went, you know, back to the crown in the styrofoam cup full of ice with a little bit of Diet Coke in there, and, you know, keep it moving. What about fart stories? <laughs> that could be for another another episode. I had a guy rip a pretty good fart uh, right. the other day. He was the big guy too. Like he was like six six, and he was like a. It was a rumbler from Australia. No, no, it wasn't Linus. It was uh, it was Raymond Raymond from Houston, and uh, he went. And it's always nice, you know, when you it's it's farts are funny because you know, every once in a while one of them sneaks out, and it's like. 
it depends on the group. You know, if you're shooting the shit with these guys and talking all sorts of crazy stuff, you know, you kind of call them out and be like, did you just rip ass or what? You know, but if you're carrying for like two couples and the chick accidentally farts, you know, you don't ask her the same thing. You know, some people it just sneaks out, you know, and uh, it just depends on the group whether or not you call them out on it. Right. Uh-huh. I know. I know Josh is dying until has one. Yeah, I got two. First one's really quick. Ron White, the comedian, always has a cigar and scotch in his hand. One of the greatest guys that I ever worked for. I've gotten to caddy for him a few times, and uh, it was the it was the Pure Championship Senior Tour event, and uh, seventeen T box, massive crowds around seventeen T box, and he just right top of his swing, dude, pure silence, just like one of the loudest farts I've ever heard in my life, like. <laughs> Literally, the stands almost came down, and people just were laughing, laughing and cheering at the same time, you know? It was, I mean, we didn't talk about it afterwards, because I'm sure it was pretty embarrassing. I didn't feel like bringing it up, but uh, that one was really funny, but then, you know, the <laughs> then the, the best fart story of all time. Yeah. I'm catting for Adam Hadwin, super highlight um, of my catting career is get in the bag for Adam Hadwin during the during the pro am 2018 and uh Adam starts out bogey bogey and it's a burly DA at MPCC Monterey Peninsula Country Club Shores Course and uh so he starts out bogey bogey it's the first round I've ever caddied for him and uh he bends over towards Justin Kipp and uh, um the caddy who referred me to the job and uh farts on him like <laughs> loudly and uh he goes that's what i think about starting bogey bogey then he almost makes a hole in one hits it to the foot on on this par three then he birdies the next hole and he, he ends up throwing off uh six birdies and an eagle after that and ends up shooting 65 it was the low round of the day in these just brutal conditions so mm-hmm. so ben crane goes oh so farting's on limits here today huh and uh <laughs> he's like good to know Two holes later, Ben Crane, funniest golfer, PGA Tour player yes, I've ever had Good in guy. my group. Like straight-laced Christian dude with the greatest sense of humor ever. So he starts running up the fairway and farting in between <laughs> steps for like literally 15 yards, just <laughs> <laughs> and laughing and like the whole group's laughing. Mind you, we've got some like we have a billionaire in the group. He's part of he's part of the pro am. So Ben busts off farting. A couple holes later, on the tee box, the billionaire and and Ben Craner, they're just having a casual conversation. You know, it's it's brutal out. It's windy as hell, raining off and on. Just terrible day. But they're just having a conversation. We're all on the tee box, close to each other, and uh, Ben Crane just middle of the conversation sticks his ass and bends over straight at the billionaire and just <laughs> rips it. Just rips the loudest fart <laughs> right on a billionaire. And, uh, I mean, talk about some dreams coming true. I mean, seeing a billionaire get farted on is like, you know, yeah. God just smiled down on the earth, opened the gates of heaven, and, you know, yeah. gold just comes falling out down at your feet, which is kind of how it felt because it was just so funny. But the it's best so part was this billionaire, he's such a savvy gentleman, he goes, you have to be willing to shit your pants to win a farting contest. 
Wow. It He's was been super, around the block a time or two. He, yeah. You don't make was, a billion dollars. Correct. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. It was it was on point because I mean literally he squeezed his ass cheek so hard I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> shit his pants. But kind of the joke was that he did shit his pants, you know. That's uh, classic. Uh, I'll finish this section off by reading a, an email I got from Robbie Wilson. He's from the west coast of Scotland. I think he's actually from Argyle. And he says, Hi Gordon, laughed at your story of crapping yourself on the way to the course. Reminded me of my old man at Glen Eagles. We arrived in the first tee of the centenary course and greeted by the starter who handed us a black velvet bag with Glen Eagles logo on it containing tees, markers, pencils and scorecards. You know, yeah. you, know, you know the story. The old man says to the starter, Oh, that's lovely, thanks very much. Uh, can you tell me where the nearest toilet is? We don't, we don't call them restrooms. Where I'm from, we just say, where's the toilet? Um, the starter tells him, no, you'll have to go back to the clubhouse. And that's a good 10-minute walk there and back. So the old man uh, gives him a blank look, tees it up, and they're off. They get to the third hole, and the old man nips in at the bushes. <laughs> he empties the black velvet bag to wipe his arse. <laughs> mean- <laughs> mean- meanwhile, the greenkeepers are 100 yards away, oblivious and cutting the green. Uh, he comes out the bushes proclaiming uh, he can now street, uh, he can now see straight, and he <laughs> says that he watched the Ryder Cup on TV a couple of years ago or a couple of years later, and all he could think about was his old man uh, doing the dirty and that velvet bag at, at Glen Eagles. So uh, <laughs> that's wonderful, uh, great stories, boys. Uh, that's the that's the first instalment of Open Mic Caddy style. We're now going to move on to just a wee bit about the what's going on in the professional game and also a few picks for the Masters. Four. So in the professional game, we just had the World Match Play, uh, Austin, Texas. It was won by Billy Horschel. You boys watch any of it? Um, I saw a little bit of it uh, in the evening. And I thought it, uh, yeah, it looked, the course looked great. I liked those... Um, those trees that they have out there, I don't know what kind of trees there, but it was pretty unique looking uh, landscape there. And I, yeah, it was fun. All, all the big hitters, you know, DeChambeau, McElroy, kind of fell apart. The last four, Victor Perez that nobody will know. He's from France. Uh, we had Scotty Scheffler who has won in the last 12 months. Good player. Big boy, bombs it. Uh, Billy Horschel who obviously won it. And then, Every caddy's nightmare, uh, Matt Kutcher. Um, <laughs> it's not a great final day, was it? You know, those top four, you know, the, the TV people are probably going, Yeah, dearie me. It's nap time. Yeah, no no big names there, but hats off to, to Billy Horschel for winning that. Uh, we This this episode will come out just before the, the Masters. We're, we're heading back there again. Who do you think is going to win it, boys? Justin Thomas. You're going Thomas. Yeah, I'm going Justin Thomas. Josh is going Justin Thomas. He's got the the Ralph Lauren look. No, he got dropped by Ralph Lauren. Did he really? Yeah, he's. Remember, he was caught with the the. Oh, that's right. That was one thing I was going to say. Watching because I I know I have to watch more golf than I ever have before. The hot mics watching every player, every shot nowadays. They are catching everything. That's that's John Ram. Every second word's an F bomb, and and for a Spaniard, you know, but it's not even his first language. Incredible, <laughs> very, very mm. incredible. Do you think it adds anything for us to hear what they're saying? I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's a little too much to be completely honest with you. Yes. I Thank mean, you. You should 
I mean, I'm not defending uh, Justin Thomas, you know, his, his own personal reaction from his putt. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that's, that, that's you, okay. That's because you, you have a man bun. Yeah, that's because I have a man bun, right? <laughs> I mean, we've all, we've all called ourselves, uh, you know, less than ideal uh, names after missing a putt here and there. Um, but uh, yeah, the cameras being all mic'd up and stuff, it's too much. Nonsense. I mean, there's there. It's just too much. I mean, that's all I have to say. Well, just imagine the the mics were around Adam Hadman or. Um, I wish we were mic'd up and caddied. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want mic'd up. Oh well, we could. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> be gold, as Gordon says. Yeah, I'd be gold. Actually, they they did. CBS wanted to do mic up caddies or put cameras a couple of years ago. This is hilarious. Actually. Uh, a fellow caddy out here, Taylor Daniels, who um, is a listener as well. I saw him on the Saturday morning of the AT&T a couple of years ago. And there he is. And he's got this thing strapped to his head. He was told it'd be like a little GoPro. But he's got this this proper, like, camera. To the camera point where... Camera right on his dome. Yeah. Oh, you, like, giving you problems with your neck. Yeah, that's I mean, not it was, good. It was like a, it was like, it was like a, a camcorder. You know, strapped yeah. his head, and he's like, "I, I agreed to this because he said it would be like a small GoPro. You know, half the size of your fist ends up with you know, a small child strapped to his head." But yeah, I don't. I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't understand. You know, let's watch the golf. We don't have to hear what they're saying. You know, I just like a little. How about a little more quiet? I oh, mean, brilliant! How about a, how about how about take a playbook out of the European tour and just keep it simple? Because if you listen to these guys. Faldo, Emmelman, anybody from the Golf Channel, Chambly. It's just as bad as bad caddying, where the caddy's just talking too much, talking mm. too much about the read, talking too much about himself. Like, can we just have some quiet for one second without, like, you know, Faldo just jibber-jabbering over what the player might have been thinking or what the player should have been thinking? Or just, can we just stop talking because... It's probably the hardest thing for me about watching golf is just listening to the terrible announcing. I mean, it's terrible. There, I can't even think of one announcer I like other than the king, Jim Nance. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, that's probably the best point that's been made in this episode, but I mentioned the YouTube channel earlier on, right? I did it for the Masters last year in November. I'll be doing it again. It's going to be called Caddy Commentary from the Couch, and I'm going to be live streaming commentary of the Masters on YouTube, uh, Thursday through Sunday. So that's coming up. And, nice. You know, and that'll be much better. You got an extra seat? You, you listen, you're welcome to join. I'd love right to on. have you. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're not showing the golf. It's just literally people tune in to watch us talking about the golf and commentary. It's mad. Um, predictions for the Masters, lads. Let's uh, let's crack on. You want Justin Thomas? Yeah, I be? think uh, I'm going with Webb Simpson. I like that. Silence. I like, I like Silence. Silence is golden. I like his caddy, Paul Tesori. <laughs> okay. Paul I didn't know his caddy was Paul Tesori, but Paul sounds like a nice guy and he sounds like <laughs> sounds like an even even better caddy to to bring Webb Simpson to the to the green jacket. The green jacket. I might even throw fifty bucks on it. Okay. I might it? even throw tomorrow's tip on it. <laughs> yeah, that's only twenty five. Right. Um <laughs> right. <laughs> I get in contact with it. a lot of people from Scotland get in contact on Instagram and email lately. Um, there's a guy called Wolfie. He's in a place called Greenock in Scotland. Hey, Wolfie. All right, Wolfie, pal. 
Uh, he sent me these Masters predictions, right? Okay. Westwood, Garcia, Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Spieth, Finau, and Molinari. And it, that sounds like we Neil, actually, because it's like sometimes Neil picks most of the field. Um, Westwood, Garcia, Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Finau, and Molinari. Mm. I, I, I said to him, I'll take any... Any other six against That's those? That's a terrible. Apart from Westwood, I like Westwood. He's been yeah. In Westwood's form. he's a nice guy. I would love to see him win. I think that'd be really cool. Just wasn't somebody that I thought was going to win this time. Tony Finau would be my. Finau, that would be my dream. Nice that'd guy. Be my dream winner would probably be if there's anybody that I would root for to win it the most would be Tony Finau. Tony Finau still like he, I think he won like that thing in Puerto Rico, but it's not. He's not really won on American soil yet. Yeah. I watched a couple of years ago. He was leading. Now that you mentioned Webb Simpson, mm-hmm. he's walking down eighteen with a shot lead. He actually he blew like a three or four shot lead with four to go. Yeah. He's going down eighteen. Your boy Nance is giving it that they've got the camera on the family and they're going, Oh, he's waited so long oh. for this. Oh, and that's oh. such an amazing time, blah. And I'm I I can't remember who I was sitting with, and I was sitting there going, they he's you know, he's got to make that seven footer and Webb Simpson has a twenty footer for birdie to tie him up and do you know what happened? Simpson hold the twenty footer, Fino missed the seven footer, they went to a playoff and Webb Simpson won it. So wow. I, I just I can't see Fino. For yeah, me he is a nice guy. He's a good he, guy. He is. I'm gonna say Westwood is my outsider. I like Victor Hovland. Okay. My boy Bryce Bryson DeChambeau, he's really grown on me. I'm actually kinda starting to dig this guy. Uh-huh. Um Dustin Johnson. DJ's yeah. always in the running. And Rami. You know what I mean? Can't, Dustin can't look Johnson, away from John Ramsey. Back to back masters. I think oh he's so good, but you know, it depends if he can be bothered or not. Um so Yeah. Uh, yeah. Masters, check out again, subscribe to the uh, Glorified Donkey YouTube channel because that's gonna be carry commentary from the couch. We're now gonna move on to mailbag questions, notable mentions, and a bell end of the week. Four. First mailbag question comes from a John Day. And he is making a comment about the comedy store in LA. The manager can tell after 10 seconds if a comedian is going to make it or not. As a caddy, how many swings does it take from a player for you to assess distance of clubs? Yeah, once you see how far or how they hit their first tee shot, um, you know, that's a good indicator. Uh, Pretty much that's all you need to see. But you definitely, (laughs) (laughs) you definitely, you know, once they see their your like an iron shot, I mean, if they if they're hitting a seven iron, you know, pretty much that's that's all you need to see. It's mm-hmm. just about two shots. Two shots. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, I think you know you tell somebody to hit it two fifteen off a hole one, and you see right there if it goes two fifteen or not. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, I, if you tell them to hit it two fifteen, I was actually going to say sometimes it takes me about three or four holes because. Let's be honest. How many guys actually know how far they hit their own clubs? And that's that. Where they are you don't. from? You know, we got to give a Monterey one fifty, not an Orange County one fifty, or Colorado one fifty. Um, favorite question is after the first shot they hit, and you say how far they go. It's about one sixty shot, and they say eight iron. I'm like, well, I've never seen you hit one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're thinking two swings, Joshy, three, four yeah. swings. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm going to go a little more. But um, John, thank you for your question. Next question, this one comes from a T. Diggity. That's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. What is easier, reading greens or selecting clubs? I'm going to go greens. 
hundred percent because the green Greens. listen the putt does is it's not going to change it's pace right okay yeah. hit it firmer it's going to break less hit it softer it's going to break more just like we said selecting clubs clueless you can you can tell I completely agree with you Gordon yeah I think reading greens is you know no matter who's putting as long as they're hitting it fairly square um you know the, the greens do what the greens are going to do uh and, and sometimes you know you want to help the player out and it's just it's it's hard to to make a clear decision i mean you got to make a decision right but in the caddy's mind you're like is it really the the nine or is it the eight and you just kind of you go with the the whatever well, seems it's, to it's work also, and, it's also it's not webb simpson is it you it's not I mean? webb so, simpson either um joshy yeah probably for me it's probably easier to pick clubs i feel like i got more room for error. i know where i want my guy to miss so i don't ever feel like i'm in between clubs because you know in between clubs would suggest you know five a five yards you know it's if it's 140 club and that and the shots playing 145 do they hit the 140 club or the 150 club well we're talking about 15 feet and if it's playing 145 we're going to hit the 140 club all day because that's 15 feet below the hole so like is there even such thing as in between clubs we're talking 15 feet and we're 15 feet low in any case so i just don't i mean and i really like the way i club players you know i'm super confident in my elevation elevation reads my wind mm-hmm. reads like bryson DeChambeau. yeah the mathematician yeah yeah I, the I'm, scientist the scientist you know, the putting i feel like you got to be more precise yeah. so i guess i think pulling clubs is maybe easier for me just a little bit one thing that happened last week which is really starting to get on my goat is I like to use if it's a downhill putt and it's got a big bend on it, I'll say hit a flat putt to here. Correct. Okay. okay. Halfway. Correct. And then Johnny Hack says, die it there. I go, no, you want it to die at the cup. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. You want to die sure. it here. Yeah. You want it to you want it to die at the cup. You want to hit it flat to here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kinda it's, I'm you know, anyone that I'm gonna carry for this year, if I get a little bit um, you know, perturbed. Yeah. Let Just, me break this down for you. When you give, you got a thirty footer, and the guys, and you're telling them to put it here, fifteen feet, and you tell them, imagine it's a flat surface, so you hit a fifteen footer, and they go diet there. It's like, no. If I wanted you to diet there, I'd tell you to hit it seven and a half feet exactly. to diet here. Exactly. You know, so it's, you just got to imagine. You know, we need fifteen feet of flat ground force for the ball to go 30 feet exactly next question comes from a jeremy cruz in san jose california uh, apart from good tips what keeps you coming back and where does the love of caddying come from great question absolute go. great question hey cruiser yeah well my love of caddying uh Came at a, at such a young age when I started caddying as a kid um, at the Country Club of Detroit, and for me it was uh, some golf just interested me, and and I'm a people person. I love talking with people. Um, I love getting to know a perfect stranger, an older woman, and older women, and <laughs> and I'm not opposed to younger women. I just think that older women are. You know, they're... Smell better. They smell better. You know, they <laughs> Bengay, Asper Cream, um, Roll-On ointments. Um, but yeah, it's really working with the people. I mean, 
you know, we're on one of three golf courses each day. Um, but and every day is kind of a round of golf. But at the same time, you really get to know a new person. You know, you get to build more of a relationship with people that come back. And uh, boy, the caddy yard, it's not as great as it used to be. But man, I tell you what, when I was a kid playing spades in the caddy shack in the summer, uh, you know, smoking butts, having, you know, sneaking a beer in here and there, man, uh, just stuff like that. Those are like memories for me, working the driving range. Um, and really, it's about the people. Long story short, it's about the people. Hey, yeah, cool. great Joshy. tips. Good tips are awesome. What, but. what keeps you coming back? Uh, you know, I'm a Christian, and uh, I love just just serving people and uh, giving them a little bit of hope, giving them a little bit of faith, giving them a little bit of confidence, and then seeing them succeed. Because I mean, our clients are all work their butts off, and they're you know giving to their their kids, their grandkids, and and uh, this is like the moment moment for them to be a little bit selfish to to enjoy themselves indulge in their in their hard labor and so i just really want to just help help provide them with like the best next level experience and i just love i love serving the golfer and just uh helping them to succeed and uh create special moments mm -hmm. may well, i add one more thing yeah, no for, you can't yeah, go on it's it's making putts like josh videotaping people making putts for me when i see people play well put two or three shots together, you know, of that 15 handicap who's really interested in, in your help and that, that can actually might hit the ball, but they don't might, might not believe in themselves as much. And, and they're just, I'm teachable. I'm coachable. They say, you know, and you get to watch them, you know, hit an incredible shot onto the green. And then you pump them up about making that putt. They might two putt a couple of them, and they might make a couple 10, 15 footers, um, and you kind of got, got them on the edge. And uh, seeing people make putts and getting excited about making putts, that's part of a big part of my fulfillment uh, mm -hmm. of the job while I'm out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I can't really top that, lads. Um, I get excited uh, for people making contact. And what, <laughs> what keeps me coming back is uh, got to pay the bills, got to pay the, uh, got to pay the rent. Yeah, um, pay the bills. That's questions. Uh, boys... Have we got any notable mentions? I've got loads. So anyone you want to say hello to? Yeah, or? I'd like to say hello to Logan. I, I'm pretty sure you're tuning in this week. Um, Logan and I uh, got to play Pebble two weeks ago. It was my sister's wedding present to Logan, and uh, I, I paid my way, and it was um, worth it. It was, mm -hmm. it was so worth it. We got a great day. Cool. Joshy? Yeah. Um, just everybody down in Long Beach, uh, Virginia Country Club. Max Frank, and uh, just been loving Long Beach lately. Just love that place, and uh, the, all the golfers that come out here quite frequently. And uh, Jay Bruner recently, who I was caddying for, been caddying for him for a dozen years. I want to say hello, Stephen De Silva. Now his dad, uh, I know his dad Chuck, um, but Stephen uh, is listening. Stephen De Silva, hello, Steve, and your dad's a hack. I want to say hello, <laughs> Ronson Root, right? With a group, Ronson Root, his buddies Ryan, Barry, and Nate. There's going to be a video I'm going to put out on YouTube this this coming week about Ryan. He is the commentator after every golf shot. It was absolutely fantastic stuff. 
Uh, Joe Ptolemyo, uh, Ptolemyo, Joe Ptolemyo, he's Dan, Dan Under, and he just said a uh, great, great podcast, fantastic hearing the stories and experience from the caddy's perspective, so uh, hope you're enjoying the, uh, this this episode as well there, Joe. Andrew Smith says, keep up the great work, boys, looking forward to the next uh, next episode. we got Sean Bell, he's in Okanagan in Canada. Canada? That's close to where oh, you are, huh? Canada. There you go. Detroit's in Canada, correct? Yeah, it's close <laughs> enough. Um, and I think I mentioned already Robbie Wilson in Argyle. There's also another mention for a Ross Cameron. Uh, he sent me a, a really... He's in Singapore. I think he's a, I think he's a jock. Uh, pretty sure he's a jock, actually. And um, he sent me a great piece that I'm going to do at some point in a future episode about the top 10 courses. One hour from Singapore, but not in Singapore. Greg Norman apparently loves Singapore and the caddies out there. Uh, one final piece, it's for um, a James Blaze. He is an LPGA caddy who listens to the podcast. And there's a LPGA tour event in LA at a Wilshire Country Club. That's the third week in April, so Wilshire Country Club. And he and his player, it's a Maya Schitcher, sounds German or Austrian, um, and they're actually looking for accommodation. So if anyone is within, you know, half an hour, stone throw of Wilshire Country Club in LA, third week in April, please get in contact with me. That's podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. Any questions, comments, whatever ideas for future podcasts, let me know. But uh, if you can help James and uh, Maya Schetcher, uh, that'd be wonderful. I get some good stuff planned. As I say, Masters carry commentary on the couch. I was in contact with a John Mallinger, former PGA Tour uh, pro. I'm going to be doing a podcast with him in April. Little B, Joshy, thank you very much for joining me. Thank, yeah, you, thank Gordon. you, Gordon. I'll be yeah. back for sure. This is fun. I know it's going to, yeah, we, we get so much more to talk about. I hope you enjoyed uh, open mic caddy style uh, we will be back in two weeks' time. Uh, until then, enjoy your golf, but more importantly, keep it humble. 